Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, guys? This is Andy from the Football Card Quest, and you're watching the Sports Card Strategy Show on the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. Be sure to check out FootballCardQuest.com for in-depth football card research and selling tips, because we all know there is no off-season. Quest, and you're What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's Sports, the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's Breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. What's up, everyone? Connor Barnett here, head of content, nooffseason.com, alongside Paul Hickey. Happy New Year, everyone. Paul, how are we doing this morning? Doing great, Connor. Pumped to be doing the show with you, my man. Happy New Year to you. Absolutely. First show of 2024. I am pumped to be here as well. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. What is your sports card strategy? At nooffseason.com, we have launched Sports Card School, a safe place for noobs, advanced flippers, and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases value. Get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to start learning our guidelines, strategies, and plays to help you make money flipping sports cards to fund your PC and other things in your life. Guys, we got two spots left in our one-on-one sports card strategist package uh, that Paul discussed last week. 
get more information to see if this package may be a good fit for you before we are full for the month. Uh, just email Paul at nooffseason.com there. So what is y'all's sports card strategy? What is your area of focus? Uh, topics that we're going to touch on today. We've got developing a focus area. The player that Paul Hickey is obsessed with buying right now. Victor Wimbenyama, card market update. What should you be doing with your Victor Wimbenyama prints right now? And retrofractors. What are they? Who are they for? Are you interested? And should you be? In 2024, the L's and W's are going to be all about you, our audience. If you want to be on the Sports Card Strategy Show and share your L's and W's, please email paul at nooffseason.com or myself, connor at nooffseason.com for more details. A little bit of housekeeping real quick. In 2024, we will be streaming live on Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 12 p.m. Central on YouTube, uh, which is youtube.com slash Paul Hicks, Paul Hickey. Instagram, Instagram.com slash sports card strategy and X, Twitter.com slash no offseason card. Available later each day on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. For complete programming schedule, links to our Discord, as well as Facebook group and more, visit sportscardstrategy.com. We are extremely excited to continue to create the best sports card content in 2024. So thank you guys for all your support. Speaking of support, Let's give some love to the live chat. Paul, you want to take things away real quick? Yeah. Nooffseason.com fam in the house. We see you. Brian Steeler 714. One Galaxy Germ. Janelle Shoe. Craig's Cards 11. Jeff Ulrich. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Shane Graham. Happy Wednesday. Happy New Year to everyone. Randy Ferguson. Mark Draczynski. Look at this. We got everyone in the house today. Joel Kaplan. Fly Heat. Matt Woods, that's a new name. We love when we see new names. Janelle Shue and Jeff Ulrich loves the new schedule. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that. We've, we've done a lot of hard work to try to figure out what makes the most sense to bring you all the most valuable content. And sometimes that means tweaking the schedule a little bit, tweaking when we can bring you things, how we bring you things. Rest assured, 2024 is going to be an amazing year for our team at nooffseason.com to be delivering you content to help you make money flipping sports cards. I am pumped about it. Connor's pumped about it. And the family is growing. So in addition to Connor, myself, Lefty, and Chad, we're going to get a lot of other content creators in here collaborating with us in 2024. It's part of the reason why we've tweaked the schedule. Connor and I are working on it consistently. We're focused on it. We're focused on it, and we appreciate all of your support. That's the reason why we're here. We're here for all of you. And like Connor mentioned, we want 2024 to be all about your plays, your L's, your W's. We've talked a lot in the past about our plays, our L's, our W's. We set up Sports Card School at nooffseason.com so that you can see our guidelines, strategies, and plays, and you can learn from us. We want you to continue to learn from us, but we also want to learn from you. This is a community. This is a family. We care about you. We want to hear from you. And that's why we're opening up our doors a little bit more in 2024 to work directly with you, help create content together and build this community. So we appreciate you. We're focused on you. And speaking of focus, Connor, you mentioned developing a focus area. That is huge. That is huge. One of the biggest mistakes I see sports card flippers or aspiring sports card flippers make, or even just hobbyists who are spending their money on sports cards, 
Never mind flipping. They might they might be PCing. One of the biggest mistakes they make is they spread themselves too thin. They cast too wide a net. So why are guys like Adam Schefter, Mel Kuyper, Woj, Andy Katz, why are they so successful? Why are they so good at what they do? It's basically because they do one thing. They have a clear focus area. So I think that the rest of the world isn't immune to this either. I think typically people are typically people are exposed to FOMO. They get distracted. You know, one of the biggest mistakes sports card investors and flippers and even collectors make is just losing that focus. They get distracted by a new release, a shiny new card they've never seen before, and they get FOMO. And like I said, the rest of the world, this happens in the rest of the world as well. People typically want the latest cars, houses, technology, phones, clothes, style, etc. Well, it's time to focus up, people. It's time to focus up in 2024. I'm going to give you a few examples of what I'm talking about because it's one thing to say develop a focus area. It's another thing to give examples, specific examples about what we're talking about. So I put out some videos recently at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. One of them was only buying and selling Michael Jordan cards. Top three ways to make money on Michael Jordan cards. This could be a focus area. You see people that PC only Michael Jordan. We don't talk about PCing on this show. We talk about flipping. But the same thing can apply to, to your flipping strategy. You could make money flipping only Michael Jordan cards. And so that video that I put out recently over the last two weeks at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey is a good example of three ways you can make money flipping Michael Jordan cards. You could only buy and sell a core set of highly traded vintage football cards of Hall of Famers like guys in another video I recently put out at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, and John Elway were featured in that video. And oh, by the way, you can expand that list out to many, many players. Dan Marino and Barry Sanders are other really good examples. So I encourage you guys to check out those videos on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel here comment on the videos. Let us know what you think. We want to know what you think about that content because we want to know if that content is helpful to you. Okay. There are also other areas of focus that we've talked a little bit more about recently on the Sports Card Strategy Show. You could pick one of our classic focus areas, which are strategies based on these guidelines. Only buy top three baseball prospects that haven't been called up yet. Only buy those with an expected call-up date of the next 6 to 12 months. Buy their Bowman Chrome First Prospect Autos or Bowman Chrome First Prospect PSA 10s. Base, short prints, variations of that. That basically is, that third one that I just outlined, basically is that right card for the right player at the right time, right? Now, we want to know what will your focus area be, audience? What will your focus area be? Are you going to buy and sell only vintage cards? Are you going to buy and sell only one player? Are you going to 
follow our guidelines, strategies, and plays at Sports Card School at NoOffSeason.com, which you can get free for 30 days if you haven't already as a premium member. Comment below, head to the Discord at SportsCardStrategy.com or DM us on IG at SportsCardStrategy. So Connor, focus area. You see where I'm going here. We want to know from the audience what their focus area is going to be. But let's talk to the head of content at NoOffSeason.com, the man who is representing a large faction of our audience here in that collected as a kid, has some stuff from his childhood, basically took a hiatus from the hobby while he lived his life as a young adult for a while. Now he's back into it. So Connor Barnett, talk to us about your sports card journey and what your focus area is going to be for 2024. I think we've all been wondering. Sure. Yeah. So I think I think for 2024, one thing that everyone should consider is is what are your goals, right? Because you can't necessarily pick your focus. You can't you can't pick your focus area unless you know where you're trying to get. So for me, the goal is to make money uh, in the most efficient way possible. We're going to be very busy over at NoOffSeason.com this year. We got some great stuff coming your way. Uh, so I want to be able to put as much time and effort into that while still making profit. Uh, flipping sports cards without putting a ton of time into it. So for me, my focus, I'm going uh, back to the basics. I'm timing the market and using hype cycles to efficiently increase my bankroll. Uh, what this does for me is it removes guesswork on my end, especially as a beginner. Uh, I don't have to do any sort of prospecting, things like that. And I believe this will allow me to create a foundation for guidelines within my sports card strategy uh, in terms of ruling out flyers, heroes, and goats based on cyclicality and seasonality. Uh, so not only will this create those those clear guidelines for who I can and can't buy and also when I can and can't buy them, uh, but for those entering the hobby, it should significantly lower the likelihood of feeling drastically overwhelmed uh, by tons of different releases and infinite uh, cards for players and things like that. So I'm narrowing the focus to timing the market correctly um, and looking at our rankings at NoOffSeason.com to decide who I'm going to buy from those sports during the right time. So for me, what that's going to look like uh, I'm probably as I as I'm building up a little bit of cash flow right now. I'm waiting for the NFL season to end uh, for those cards to start start dipping a little bit, and then I'm going to head over to our rankings, pick some guys from that list based on uh, where their their cards are sitting right now and how their markets look, um, and then capitalize on the hype cycle for football. Uh, if that sounds like something that you guys uh, would be interested in, I highly recommend going over to Sports Card School, clicking on Top Five Tips to Time the Market because that is literally what I'm using. Uh, to make sure that I time in the market effectively there. So that will be my focus for the year. Speaking of timing the market, Paul, let's hop into uh, who you are obsessed with buying right now, uh, how timing the market is so massive uh, for, for buying this per person and creating recurring profits, uh, and what other factors you're considering uh, when you're making money on this player and their cards. Yeah. Your sports card strategy focus for 2024 is a great one. And it's a great segue into the player that I'm obsessed with buying for sure, because essentially we're both doing similar things here. And I think that this is, this is important for everyone to listen to because I think it's very relatable and relevant to everyone in the audience. I know our audience very well in terms of demographics and sort of lifestyle. At least I feel like I do from because I feel like I interact with a lot of you on a consistent basis. And if we're not interacting, we need to change that. You need to email me at paul at nooffseason.com so we can get to know each other better. But 
Where I'm going with this is we all have lives. We all have other commitments. We're in a hobby. And so when, when you're in a hobby, that means it's not the only thing in your life. You have a ton of other stuff going on. And so Connor hit on a brilliant point. What he hit on is when you follow the strategy of timing the market, buying the right card for the right player at the right time and not worrying about a performance spike but just having a selling marker on the calendar due to what we know is going to happen as a hype rise. It's not, it's the closest thing you can get to a set it and forget it and go back to doing other things in your life strategy that will make you money that we have. It's the closest thing to that. That's why I like it a lot too, Connor. So I think you're going to win 2024. Just like I said, Lefty's going to win 2024. I hope our audience wins 2024. I think if you have a focus area like that. Now, now you've got Dr. Crack on the other side of the equation a little bit. Dr. Crack likes to kind of make moves all the time. Like, so, so he's not necessarily, he might be doing a little bit of timing the market like you and I are doing, but he's doing more. I want to buy this now and I'm going to be prepared to sell it at any given moment. And I'm going to have 75 different drafts in my eBay account ready to, ready to click list now. And then you, and you got Andy Kaysen at Football Card Quest who's doing more of that as well. Andy's doing more of the uh, minute by minute, day by day, week by week. You and I are focused more on sending out the sell alerts, creating content for nooffseason.com, a.k.a. our audience's version of their full-time job, right? That's our full-time job. So as we're living our life, uh, with our friends and family and working a full-time job, our sports card flipping strategy needs to flex more towards, yeah, we want to be timely. Yeah, we want to be relevant, but we need to have our own closest to a set it and forget it version to profit that we possibly can. And so this is a good segue into why I'm obsessed with buying this particular player. And it kind of mashes together last segment and what we just talked about is your sports card focus. <clears throat> the player I've been obsessed with buying comes from a sports card strategy that I've long pontificated on this show. I've long pontificated on this show that you can make money focusing on buying and selling only one player. Like one player throughout their entire career. Buying and selling one player and simply timing the market, like you just said. This may be the simplest and most successful and underrated sports card strategy of all. However, in order for this to happen, you have to identify a player who, number one, is a top-tier talent at a top position in their sport. Number two, has the potential to be the main focus of media attention both on and off the playing surface. So, you know, I'm big on media appeal and hype. I talk about hype all the time on this show. And third is the key. Their market will fluctuate just enough to have multiple options throughout the year to predict and plan when you'll buy their cards low and when you'll sell them high. So this is a bit of an art form. Shadur Sanders is my guy. Okay. Stick with me. Let's backtrack a little bit. I made a bunch of money for myself and even more money for our audience and premium members at nooffseason.com 
by flipping his Onyx autos, buying them when he was at Jackson State, and then selling them after his huge Colorado debut win against TCU about a year later. That was the first play. And now I'm in the middle of my next play. Why? Because those Onyx autos aren't the right card anymore. Now he's got new right cards. The beautiful thing about Shadur is that after that TCU win and, and the Colorado Buffalo strong start, people lost interest in Shadur. People lost interest in Coach Prime. They weren't the bell of the ball anymore. I love that. That's one of the factors that I'm looking for when I pick a player, when I pick a player to invest in. Because we need that. We need that buy low marker. So just as much as we need a sell high marker, a selling marker, we need a buy low marker. So if we're going to go with the strategy of only flipping one player, we need to know that that one player is going to have dips. It's like that Jordan 1986 Fleer sticker that I talk about in the Michael Jordan video. And props to Dr. Crack for that. I got that from Dr. Crack. So I got to give credit where credit is due. Thanks, Chad. But that's a good example of that's one card. Now I'm talking about one player. So after the dip in Shadur's market, so basically what happened was you had the Onyx Auto come out. <coughs> Excuse me. That was really low for a long time because people didn't really know who Shadur Sanders was. I saw him on commercials with his dad in the in the Super Bowl that the Rams won. A bell rang. I'm like, you know what? This is media hype. This is Deion Sanders' son. We've got something here. He only had that one that one set of cards. So went out, talked about it on the show, bought some of those cards. Well, two reasons why that card went down. Number one, <coughs> sorry. Two reasons why the card went up, right? People saw what I saw, so they started buying that Onyx card. That card crescendoed due to performance spikes. I thought the selling marker was going to be the NFL draft at some point. What I didn't see coming was his transfer to Colorado, so that was another selling marker. Then the big performances, which I can never predict. I can, I'm not good at predicting who's going to play well in big games. So... I got fortunate in that I was able to unload those Onyx cards at that selling marker. And then I thought maybe the Onyx cards would continue to rise in value or they would continue to at least be the right card. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, we were all able to identify, okay, Bowman Chrome U 2023 is coming out. That cleared the way. It parted the Red Sea, if you will. And it allowed me to just say, look, now is the time we have to send out a sell alert for Shadur Sanders. This was back in September. Not only, not only is this $200 Onyx Auto that I bought now up to like $700, which is one clear selling marker, but a reason why that card is not going to continue to go up is because these other cards are coming out. So... For anyone who texted sports cards to 1833-992-5727, we sent out a sell alert. We offloaded those Shador Sanders cards. Now, knowing that that Bowman Chrome U release was coming out, what I had in the back of my head was, this is my guy. I'm going to keep going back to the Shador Sanders well. I just need to do it at the right time. Well, <clears throat> what happened after those cards came out, Connor? 
what happens all the time, guys, after those new cards come out? They, everyone, that's what everyone wants. We just talked about that. So the value of those cards are extremely high when the new release comes out. So I want to wait a little bit. Well, as I'm waiting a little bit, I didn't have to wait as long as I thought I would have to because within the first couple of weeks after that release came out, Colorado started playing like bunk. And so people lost a little bit of faith in Shadur Sanders. The market corrected itself on him in general. So now I've got the right card for the right player at the right time. And I went huge into Shadur Sanders basically from late October through current. Like I'm still buying it because it's good. Now I talk about going where they ain't. No one's talking about Shadur Sanders in a week leading up to the national college football national championship game where Shadur Sanders has been out of the news cycle for several months. This is going where they ain't. So I've bought a total of about $2,300 worth of Bowman Chrome U first autos of Shadur Sanders. I'll walk through them real quick. I have an out of 25 orange SGC 10, which I paid $554 on December 1st. On November 20th, I bought a yellow refractor SGC 10 out of 75. These are all autos for $550. On November 26th, I bought a Shadur Sanders PSA 10 auto, base auto, for $255, which I thought was the biggest steal ever. In October, I bought an autograph refractor out of $499. They got graded a PSA 9. So I'm $176 into that card. Sorry, $197 into that card with the grading fee. I'm $221 into a... Fuchsia Diamond Refractor. They got a PSA 9 auto. I'm 150 into a PSA 10 auto. That was a buy rog and got an end grade. I'm, uh, is this right? I'm 75 into a PSA 10. Okay. I'm, no, sorry. This was a free card I got. Sorry. I got a free Shadur non auto base. That came with an auto that I bought. That's why I'm $0. I'm only a grading fee, $21 into a PSA 10. It got a 10. So I'm holding that. And then I'm waiting on two cards from PSA that I just bought. One's a base auto for $143. One's a refractor auto for $499. Out of $499 that I got for $175. So... I'm still buying Shadur Sanders. He's my guy that I believe hits those markers of top-tier talent, main focus of media attention on and off the playing surface, and market will fluctuate. I think all these three things have already been proven to be true about him, and now we're in a massive buying cycle to go ahead and acquire him um, basically all the way up until the beginning of next football season. The beauty about him is that we have an 18-month runway for the right cards of Shadur Sanders. We have an 18-month runway. Why? Because the selling marker is going to be the 2025 NFL draft. Now, just like the history that I just walked you through where we didn't know he was going to transfer to Colorado, 
We didn't know they were going to beat TCU in week one. TCU coming off of the national championship appearance, right? So that was a big matchup at TCU. We didn't know those things were going to happen, but we knew that he was going to have a runway. We knew that he's going to have a selling marker. And then the domino effect starts to fall into place when you do this. And, that, and that's another takeaway I think I want the audience to know about. So we have that again for him, for the same player. Like the same... A different version of the same thing is happening for the same guy. And that's why he's my guy that fits this category of you can buy and flip only him and make money. And so one thing I want to hit on real quick before we segue is what I'm calling a period of uncertainty that happens. So there will be a period of uncertainty that happens with Shadur Sanders. It's not going to happen until at least 18 months from now. It will happen when he officially gets drafted into the NFL. And this is when we're all going to need to fade him. And here's why. Because we're going to exit Shadur. Maybe it's selling markers way prior to his NFL draft. Because he could have an amazing 2024 college season. I hope he does. We could offload, we could have, we could be sending more and more sell alerts for Shadur Sanders cards throughout the college season. Hopefully, you know, the risk is that he gets injured. The risk is that he does something off the field. That risk exists with every single athlete, by the way. So, so I'm not going to sit here and say, I know anything more about any athlete related to that risk. You know, the reality is, even if someone's had injury history and Shadur really hasn't, even though he got, you know, his offensive line got blown up quite a bit and put him in a bad spot this past year. He doesn't really have injury history. He's not really a knucklehead. His dad is a goat, you know, so he has the pedigree, right? So I don't believe that we're going to have a period of uncertainty of for Shadur Sanders until after he gets drafted. Because then what happens is that is post-selling marker. Then his pro cards start to come out. And then we're in a period of fluctuation for his market because then we're in the situation where all these new cards of his start coming out. And then we don't know what the right card is. We know he's the right player. We don't know what the right card is. So he becomes kind of what I alluded to CG, CJ, CJ Stroud being this past season, right? Lefty and I had a little bit of a debate about CJ Stroud. I was on the side of, fade CJ Stroud because not all of his releases are out yet. So when that happens for Shadur, there's going to be some rookie season performance overreactions. There's going to be rookie card releases happening over a year period of time. The pricing of each rookie card is going to be manipulated by the most recent release. So in other words, when Don Russ comes out, it's going to affect all of the college uniform, select draft picks, all of that stuff. When Prism comes out, it's going to affect Don Russ, et cetera, et cetera. So another factor is going to be where we are in the, in the production world, in the manufacturing world, in the licensing world. Shadur is going to fall into the Panini versus Fanatic situation in a similar way that has affected guys like Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis. So we're going to have an 18-month window to make money on Shadur. It's going to be clear as day in terms of selling markers during that time. There's going to be a, a ton of them. So I'm all in on his 2023 Bowman U Chrome first autos. 
but we're going to have that period of uncertainty, everybody, that we're going to have to pay attention to. So, Connor, let's let's segue over into a guy right now, and I'm going to let you take this one away. I'm going to let you real take quick, this real one quick, away. Paul. Can we can we can I do a quick little uh, a little recap on on the Shador breakdown there? Absolutely, take it away. First of all, if if you just listen to that and you only listen one time, you probably need to go back and re-listen to that because there are so many nuggets uh, from from the breakdown that Paul just gave to pick up on. A couple big ones, in my opinion. When you're if you're interested, even if you're just narrowing your focus and you're not necessarily looking for just one guy, but you have multiple guys that you want to be able to flip more than once. There's a couple big things here. One of them is the runway. Paul's mentioning an 18 month runway. Yes, if you get in on Shador now. Paul's been in on him for over a year. Paul's Paul was looking at someone that had over a 30-month runway for him to make multiple flips because those sell markers were present. So that's those two things are massive. Another thing to consider here is that, and this I think this is where this gets a little bit tricky, Paul. So I'm curious on your feedback here if you have any. But one of the reasons that right now Shador is such an appealing buy is like you said, the Colorado Buffalo season kind of tanked. I believe they finished four and eight. The reason that this doesn't necessarily concern us is because Shador still went crazy. He completed 70% of his passes last year for over 3,200 yards, 27 touchdowns, and just three interceptions. Paul, I'm curious, would, would, would you consider this to be a different scenario if Shador had had a terrible year? Would you believe that that's a spot where you need to reevaluate if this is someone that you can keep flipping uh, to make yes. money on? <clears throat> yes, I'm glad you said that. That's a great point because a key factor of this is not just that he's going to get drafted. I did a lot of research on on him specifically as I was buying all these cards. And he's going to be a top 5 overall pick. <laughs> so, to your point, yeah, if you know, his performance was a major factor. It was like a perfect storm. It was a perfect storm of Colorado losing thus being irrelevant related to big hype games lead up to lead up to playoffs, no Heisman notoriety. I was super pumped for all that to be the case because I was licking my chops thinking, man, if he still plays well, I was just looking at the box score and then I was reading articles and I'm seeing things like I'm, I'm massively into mock drafts. I'm massively into Googling 2025 NFL mock drafts, not because they're going to be accurate. <laughs> they're not going to be accurate. It's the hype. It's the chatter. It's the noise. All that stuff matters in the card market far more than it matters in the real world. <clears throat> if you're trying to make money flipping sports cards, you need that. You know, we still see guys like LaMelo Ball sell for, for you know, equal to or more than Tyrese Maxey. <laughs> and we talk about how much better of a player Tyrese Maxey is all the time. And so, and what a better situation he's in. So all that's irrelevant when it comes to sports cards to a certain extent. It's not irrelevant, but it's it's less relevant. So to your point about Shadur, he's the perfect storm because of his individual performances staying strong. And that's what, so NFL scouting departments are going, all right, well, here's here's a young man who has the family pedigree. He's got the leadership. He's got the individual performances in spite of an offensive line that basically just goes, Ole, come get him, right? So it's a perfect storm. So I think you're absolutely right. Had he not performed well individually and ha had he not ascended to the top of some hype mock drafts for 2025, 
I definitely wouldn't would not be as confident in him as I am right now. Love it. Great breakdown. All in all, again, if you only listen to Paul's breakdown once, you need to go back and listen to that again because it was very strong, especially if you're interested in narrowing that focus, like we're saying. Um, another guy that you believe in buying in to make profits over and over is on a team that's also struggling big time. The San Antonio Spurs, Paul, are horrid. They're five and twenty-eight this year, two and fourteen at home. However, uh, the phenom that we've all been waiting for, Victor Wembanyama, is having a fantastic season. He's playing less than thirty minutes a game, scoring almost twenty points a game uh, with ten rebounds a game, over three blocks as well. So, in my eyes, he's been pretty much the real deal. But because San Antonio has been so poor uh, over the season, um, we've kind of seen his market flow, especially with all the releases coming out and opportunities have presented themselves. Uh, so do you want to give a breakdown of where you're at right now, what the passes look like, and how to keep making money on Wimbenyama? Yeah, man. Um, Wemby is the guy, right? He's the right player. <clears throat> and uh, the problem with him right now is he's in that period of uncertainty. So what that means in our world is he doesn't have the right cards out yet. He doesn't have the right cards out anymore, and I'll explain what that means in a second. So it's not the right time. This is the period of uncertainty. He was my guy uh, in 2023 um, to make money flipping one player. Um, so while Shadur is my guy for 2024, making money flipping one player, <clears throat> Victor and Caleb Williams, which is, well, he, he's not part of this segment. He, he's in the discussion, but Victor Wembenyama was my guy for 2023 that I made a lot of money on just simply flipping him. So I'm going to give a little bit of history, same way I did with Shadur a minute ago. Then I'm going to talk about why Wembenyama's card market is in the period of uncertainty and what to do moving forward. So I like to think I led the way making the play. We actually had some audience members who were right there with me at the same time. Like I remember doing shows in January and February saying like, this is what I'm doing with the Wemby SI for kids cards. You know, I want you all to do it because we're going to make a lot of money doing it. And uh, it's all about timing at that point because it was his first car, his first real card. <clears throat> we had some other listeners who were like, oh man, I'm doing the same thing right now. This is great. So I'm not the only one in the hobby that, that had the idea, but I essentially um, went ahead and bought a lot of his, you know, probably 15 of his SI for kids card when they came out in the January, February 2023 SI Kids issue. I got it graded in bulk and I sold it. And I knew I was going to do this the entire time when I bought when I bought the magazines and the cards and the uncut sheets. And I tore the ones out of the uncut sheets and the magazines and submitted them all to PSA in February. Similar to the Shadur runway, my thought was, well, look, it's going to be the NBA draft. I'm going to sell... I'm going to sell Wemby, these Wemby cards in PSA slabs, regardless of grade, during the NBA draft. I think I'm going to profit. I'm fairly confident. We're just going to see how this goes. What ended up happening was the real hype. And this is where you this is where you can time the market and you can have that selling marker that, that you spoke about, Connor, earlier. But I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little uh preview of a lesson that we'll probably be talking about a lot in 2024 related to the strategy that you outlined. And I just hit on it with Shadur. You can have a selling marker in mind, but you still have to be prepared to sell that card if there is some kind of a spike 
earlier than your selling marker. And that's what happened with Wemby. Because when the Spurs won the draft lottery in May, what happened then was that was the crescendo hype point of all Wembenyama hype at all time. Because we had him going around in memes and Spurs jerseys, Photoshop stuff on Instagram. The world, the NBA world like blew up that he was going to be playing for the Spurs. And it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be the number one pick. So there have been a lot of Wembenyama hype points that we could point to. We could point to, um, obviously, the NBA draft, uh, throwing out the first pitch at the Yankees game. Before that, we could point to the Fanatics' first autograph ever party that Fanatics threw and all that. So a lot of hype points for Wemby. But that's when I sold all of those SI for Kids cards. I believe I held one back and sold it during the NBA draft lottery because I wanted to have a data point. And sure enough, play number one was concluded at the NBA draft lottery announcement that the Spurs got that pick. And so I profited about 2K, uh, 2K net profit from a five to $600 initial cash infusion in that and that that's what we want you all doing every with every single play is it possible to pull that off every single time you do a play no but anytime you can put in the money that you put in you 4x that and maybe even 5x that in profit not in gross but in profit that's what we want so that was play number one and then um number two was buying his two different tops now releases during NBA draft weekend in June and getting them graded at PSA lefty. And I did this together. Um, we had conversations about it. We texted about it. It was clear as day to us that <clears throat> multiple factors here, unlike the SI for kids card tops now releases grade very well. So we knew we were probably going to get all PSA tens or really close to PSA tens. And so it, this wasn't necessarily about the right card long term. Neither was the SI Kids card because I knew, I knew these were like pretty short window flips because I knew Wemby would have so many cards coming out. So I never thought the SI for Kids card was going to be a long term hold. That's why I got rid of all of them, all but one during during the May draft lottery announcement, and then the last one at the NBA draft, and then. Since the Tops Now releases came out during draft weekend, it was a bit of a risk because it was like, well, there's so much hype right now. But the reason why Lefty and I bought what we bought and we only bought the base, like 20 of the base Tops Now for each of those. So we had 40 total when Minyama is because they're like $4 a card. Then knowing that you're going to get a PSA 10 and knowing that pretty much any PSA 10 of a guy of that magnitude, an athlete of that magnitude, if you get a PSA 10, it's going to sell for like at least 50 bucks. So you do the math and you're like, we're $25 into these cards. Minimum, these are going to sell for 50. Even when no one really cares about him, <laughs> like from a hype standpoint, but they know they know who he is, but there's no hype. They're still going to sell for 50. So sure enough, we just said, okay, let's hold until the debut, till his debut. Let's just let's just say, regardless of what happens, we're going to hold those cards until his debut. Because as long as he stays healthy and he actually has a debut, 
on October 25th against the Dallas Mavericks. These cards are going to sell for more than 50 bucks. And sure enough, they sold, they all sold for between 75 and 100 bucks on a mix of eBay and whatnot. And so at this point, after that, that was play number two. <clears throat> now I'm up. That that same profit margin of the, the 2K to 2,500 happened with this one. So now I'm 5K profit on two simple Wemby card plays. Three cards, technically, but two plays. Because um, I'm combining the Yankees first pitch card and the NBA draft night card into one play. So now, here's where things get a little bit murky. Panini starts to drop these instant cards in November 2023. And for those of you who are familiar with the show, you'll remember we've done a lot of, of talking about these cards. The problem with the Panini instant is that, well, let me say, the, the good thing about the Panini instant that the tops didn't have is he's in his pro uniform. And he's got the Panini RC shield. So now you start to think, here's a pro release of Wemby. This could have a little bit of staying power because he's in his pro uniform. It's still got to be a quick flip, but we probably have a window if we're in November. We probably have a window before Hoops comes out. So I'm thinking in November 2023, I'm thinking, okay, we've got until December, late, you know, mid to late December when Hoops starts to come out where we can we can get these instant cards, we can get them graded at PSA, and we can be first to the market with these instant cards. And, and even if there's hoops cards competing with them in the market, these are going to be the first PSA graded Wemby cards on the market in a pro uniform with the Panini RC shield. <clears throat> so we order them. The, a couple things happen that, that cause this play to not go as well. Number one is the quality. You know, we had we we had many conversations on this show about the the lack of quality in those cards. So they didn't grade as well. And 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 the tops now premise was all around the PSA 10. So now we don't have PSA 10. We don't have as many PSA 10s. Panini also took longer to get us the cards than tops did, <clears throat> which affected our timing and timing's huge as we know. So now many of us are still holding these cards um, in PSA slabs or even waiting to get them back from PSA because, because Panini took so long to get them to us. So now that whole first to the market strategy is a little bit blown up. And then the third factor that kind of sucked, which, which we didn't really know about when we, when we started buying these Panini instant cards is we didn't know Panini was going to drop a freaking card every day of Wemby. So now there's like, there's like 10 of these D different days, different, you know, different action shots and stuff like that. So now we're competing against ourselves with trying to buy these cards. And so it created a little bit of a little bit of confusion where our team had to clarify individually to a lot of people asking us the question, what do we do with these? Well, the good news is because he's the right player and because they were the right cards at the time we should all still break even on these plays. Like we should all still break even on play number three. I'm calling play number three, the Panini instant sort of debacle situation. So hoops has come out. I've since said, look, I've bought, I bought probably 25 hoops cards, some base, 
some tribute bass, some uh, arriving now, some different inserts from hoops, all Wemby's, all Wemby singles on eBay. They all look like they're in great condition. I sent them off to PSA. I sent them off with guess who? Shadur Sanders. So I've got Shadur Sanders and more Wemby hoops arriving at PSA. I've got a Wemby shipment of these instant cards coming back from PSA probably tomorrow. I'm going to immediately list those instants. That next that next uh, release of the instant number 19. So the RPS graded like crap. Number 19 graded much better. So I have 12 10s, 12 9s, and 1 8. I should be able to profit off of that one. I plan to profit off of the Hoops PSA 10 Wemby's because even though they're going to be superseded this month by Don Russ and next month by Prism, I should get the Hoops back sometime at the end of February. And there's not going to be many Hoops PSA 10 on the market. And Hoops PSA 10 base of the top rookies still sell for between $50 and $100. So I'm banking on a little bit of performance from Wemby to profit on all of these Wemby plays. But what I've noticed, Connor, is that the profit margin has gone down significantly as we continue to buy Wemby. And the reason why is because more and more cards keep coming out and they're going to keep coming out. So just like I talked about with Shadur in a period of uncertainty, we are now, we'll call it the period of uncertainty with Wemby because we don't know how to profit with him for the time being. So I'm going to say, stop buying Wemby cards now, everyone. That's the punchline. Stop buying Wemby cards now. Wait to buy Wemby cards until three to six months after his last releases come out. So we're going to have <clears throat> Don Russ singles at the end of this month. At the beginning of next month, we're going to have Prism singles. Ooh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, everybody to fade Wemby and those singles. It's going to be hard not to buy that wax trying to rip the Wemby. Why? Because every single freaking breaker known to man is going to be posting photos on Instagram and that FOMO is going to be raging. But you got to fade the you got to fade it. You got to stay disciplined. Ignore the FOMO. Your focus area, stay in your focus area. So we're going to fade Wemby because Don Russ is coming, Prism's coming, NT Flawless, Optic, they're all coming. And each release typically supersedes the previous one, again, until about three to six months after the final rookie card release comes out. So in terms of what to do about Wemby, stay the course on your current plays. Continue to stay the course. Just liquidate. If you're waiting on cards from Panini Instant, wait till they come back, send them to PSA. Why? Because PSA slabs sell for way more than SGC slabs. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you go to SGC. And yeah, you might be first to the market, but you're going to have an SGC slab. It's not going to sell for as much. Stay the course. Go to PSA. If you've already bought hoop singles, send them to PSA. If you're waiting for stuff to come back from PSA, guess what? The good news is Wemby's a pretty freaking good player, right, Connor? Would you agree? Absolutely. Would you agree that there's potentially a quadruple double in the equation for Victor Wembanyama during his rookie season? Absolutely. Okay. The dude is amazing. As long as he stays healthy, guys, the point here is, ladies and gentlemen, stay the course. Whatever you've purchased already, don't freak out. Don't panic sell. Don't worry. Don't turn one L into another L. 
by sending it to SGC or trying to fix something. Just get your slabs back. Get your cards back raw. If you're waiting on them from Panini or if you're buying the hoop singles and things like that, if you already bought them, sell during a logical sell marker, like when you would normally sell. List in a 7-10 to 10 day auction at the time where it would end right before the game and when the Spurs have multiple games during that time frame. The All-Star break is another good logical thing to think about if you if you're not up for waiting for a performance spike like a potential quadruple double. So, he is the right player. We're reevaluating him right now in terms of when to buy him. He's 19 years old, face of the league already. I think he's Giannis on crack level upside. And you know how much I love Giannis. So Wemby is in the point now where Shadour is going to be in about 18 months. Buy Shadour. Stop buying Wemby. Connor, what do you think, man? <clears throat> I think, here's what I think. I think you're spot on. You've been spot on. You're still spot on and you're going to be spot on. So a lot of good takeaways there. But something that I want to do from all the information that you just gave. So one of the reasons that you're very solid and making money flipping sports cards is because you've done a lot of trial and error. And yeah. what you've done during the trial and error is you've identified what works and what doesn't. So I think that we can take things a step farther looking at looking at what you're doing with Wimby here. So let's let's dive into play number one a little bit. Your play number one was selling him upon the Spurs winning the draft lottery in May because his, his values went absolutely ballistic. We can look at the strategy and or the guidelines to build a strategy here and try to identify if this is something else that we should be doing moving forward. So essentially, the guideline would be the NBA draft lottery announcement fuels prices for lottery pick players. And the strategy would be find and load up on the right prospect cards um, at the right time. So a couple things here. One, is this a future play? And how popular do these players really need to be for this to be a play? And then two, and I'm going to go ahead and throw... Uh, a quick comment on the screen from Alexander Ortiz. What would be the right card here? Uh, you know, is it, is it going to be those the Bowman Chrome unis and things like that? Um, or is basketball is Bowman Chrome the best pro or a prospect product for baseball, football, and basketball right now? Uh, curious your thoughts here, Paul. Yeah, Alex Ortiz. Thanks for the question and great great breakdown, Connor. Um, one of the reasons why I'm so excited about college players is because of the Bowman Chrome. The Bo Bowman Chrome U releases are outstanding. They have the first logo. When, when it first came out in 2021, it was unlicensed. Uh, it was paper. They weren't all Chrome. Um, and because they were unlicensed, like it didn't even look like the player that was in the card. It didn't even look like... You know, you had no idea what college they played for. Um, and at the time, the stigma around college cards um, was pretty strong in terms of like fade college cards because pro uniform cards are coming out. And so now, though, things have totally shifted in the other direction. Now there's like more certainty in the Bowman Chrome U releases being the right card for an exact period of time, which is exactly what we look for when we talk about timing the market. It's like, it's tailor-made for what we do because we know that these are going to be the right cards for these players 
until they're not collegiate athletes anymore. And there's always, we know when that point is. So we're not guessing. We're not guessing. So that's why I like it so much. So I think that, um, you know, is Bowman Chrome the best prospect, uh, the best uh, prospect product for baseball and football now, and maybe basketball too? Yes, because baseball made it what it is from a from a brand name recognition standpoint. That that Chrome first icon on the card transcends baseball now over into football and basketball. And Tops has leaned into that. Tops has leaned into that because they've clearly put thought and effort and uh, work into getting the top athletes into the basketball and football Chrome U releases. And the hobby has responded. The market has spoken. It's proven that those are the best prospect cards. But just like baseball, and this is why I love it. Just like baseball, it's only the top prospect card for a certain amount of time, and that's until they get to the big leagues. So when Shadur Sanders gets to the big leagues, quote-unquote, when Caitlin Clark gets to the big leagues, quote-unquote, when, you know, Reed Shepard or whoever people are buying in the in the basketball world right now, which I don't believe they should be buying Reed Shepard, but... Uh, Bronny James, right? When Bronny James, uh, when those cards come out, they're going to have a runway, and that runway is going to end when he gets drafted into the NBA. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Great breakdown there, Paul. Good stuff. Um, let's go ahead and transition. We're going to head over and talk a little bit uh, about retrofractor. So uh, we broke these down uh I'm not going to say super in depth, but fairly in depth uh, during our Bowman draft uh, release, fully dedicated episode a couple of weeks ago. Essentially, uh, the the term was to fade these. There's not they're overpriced, not a ton of interest. It seemed even seemed like the comments from a lot of our viewers were like, "We're not interested in any of these." However, there's takeaways from everything, right? So I think this is going to be an important segment because I think that even if there are cards necessarily that we're fading. It could be an indicator that that means there's other cards that we're more interested in because we're fading that card. Um, so let's go ahead and hop into retrofractors a little bit, Paul, uh, and talk about uh, the value of them potentially and wh why we're looking at them and even discussing them today. Cool. <clears throat> cool. So this is very relevant to what you've been talking about on this episode. You've, you've made <clears throat> the great point over and over again that we need to look at patterns from current events log them in the in, in the back of our minds 
and then execute plays in the future based on those patterns. So talking about things like the draft lottery being a selling marker, right? You know, being an example of that. Retrofractors to me, there's learning that can take place from the releases of retrofractors. And so I'm not here to talk about retrofractors from a do we like them, do they have a place in the hobby debate standpoint. Um, for those of you that are new to the show, um, I'm not the person that's going to find it valuable for you to talk about my opinion on whether or not a card should exist or what a card company should do. You can get people's opinions everywhere in the rest of your life. The reason why we think you should come be part of our family at nooffseason.com is because we're going to give you insights to make money. And so <clears throat> one of the insights I see from the retrofractors is I see I see previous cards of players have a value renew have an interest renewal when a retrofractor comes out thus a value slight rise maybe not a spike right there's not as much hype around a retrofractor coming out for Carl Yastrzemski as there is this you know the NBA Adam Silver pulling that pulling that ping pong ball out for the San Antonio Spurs that that would drive the hype for Wemby but what we do is we see a renewed interest in a Roberto Clemente when his retrofractor came out last spring. You know, we see a renewed interest in like a Johnny Bench or somebody like that who gets a retrofractor. And then we see their vintage cards go up when that retrofractor comes out. <clears throat> and so for those of you wondering what a re retrofractor is, it's a very nice innovation, I believe, by Fanatics and Tops that debuted in. Bowman Baseball 2023, where they essentially said, okay, Bowman is a classic vintage brand for baseball cards. Um, you've got Mickey Mantle, who has a 1951 Bowman, for example. I mean, <clears throat> Jackie Robinson, these other iconic baseball players have Bowman cards that are true vintage cards from the 50s and 60s. And then you have... The, the modern era of Bowman, what we think of as the first prospect auto that we talk about all the time, the first prospect, uh, you know, out of 25, out of 50, out of, red out of five, et cetera, right? The one of one, all that stuff. Even the, even the refractor, the base refractor is a thing for guys like Jackson Holiday. Okay, so Tops wanted, Tops and Fanatics wanted to give guys like, Roberto Clemente, Babe Ruth, Carl Yastrzemski, um, first Bowman cards. You know, they believe, they they wholeheartedly believe that these guys should have first Bowman cards. They want, so it's a bit of a tribute, but it's also like, why, why did they never have first Bowman cards? Well, because when those cards were printed, when those athletes were rookies, like there wasn't, you know, <clears throat> there wasn't rookie cards and first cards weren't a thing, but now that they are, they want to retroactively give them first cards and they're all short printed serial numbered uh refractors hence the retro fractor so that's what that is so a lot of people you'll see this is why our show is different because other shows and other content creators will talk about i pulled this retro fractor what do you think do you like it should it be in the hobby 
is it a, is it a this is it a that no that might be that might get them more clicks and views than we get and that's good for them i'm not criticizing them they're putting out good content we don't care necessarily about the clicks and views we care about giving you value what should what's the takeaway what's the learning from the retrofactor to me in our world at sports card strategy and nooffseason.com our takeaway is renewed interest in a player like when you see Roberto Clemente cards, Johnny Bench cards, Carl Yastrzemski cards, Babe Ruth cards peppered all over, the good news is these are going to happen for some of your favorite players that aren't as big a names as Babe Ruth and Roberto Clemente. These are going to happen for some other guys. What I would recommend you do is, and this could be a new guideline potentially, new guidelines for a new strategy at Sports Card School around retrofractors. Look at the upcoming bowman baseball checklists for 2024 see who the retrofractors are ask questions dm the card companies dm cardboard connection who does you know and sports card investor and other 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 websites that do release calendars and try to figure out who's on these checklists and when you find out a baseball player who's going to get a retrofractor. Use that insight to go back and look at what are their rookie cards doing right now? <clears throat> you know, are their rookie cards down? Have they been flatlined for a while? Are they plateaued? And when does this retrofractor come out? Can I go buy their rookie card right now? And when their retrofractor gets released and everyone's posting pictures in the social media hobby world, when that release comes out, that's the selling marker. We've seen historical data that's given us this insight already with the retrofractors. We're not going to release, we're not going to read it to you today, but we believe that this is good for the hobby. Uh, and it's certainly good for the audience of the sports card strategy show because I think this is another another thing to reverse engineer and make money on. What do you think, Connor? I love this. In my opinion, it's like a free, it's like a free hype. I'm not gonna say spike, it's like a free hype rise in value. But you, nothing had to happen to the news. The player hasn't had to do anything. They're just returning to the hobby uh, based on the manufacturer trying to do that. And I think this the small information and details like like you just brought up and that you found and did the research on is so uh, intriguing to me because all of these small little factors that we look at are how we build our guidelines and how we build our strategies, right? So um, I think that that's kind of where our content takes a leap, right? We, we do so much research that we're able to find these small discrepancies in the market and where a lot of people are looking one way from a release, they're looking at certain things like Paul was talking about. Do you like this card? Should it be in the hobby? We don't really care. What we've seen is that because this card exists, there's another way for us to make money. And that's why we do care. Uh, so I think that's an awesome breakdown, Paul. Um, and even though necessarily we're not picking up retrofractors, it's a good way to look at uh, making a little, especially for people that have these cards of other players already. It's not like we're saying go out and necessarily dedicate a ton of cash flow or capital to investing in these guys, hoping that they have a retrofractor come out. No, if a retrofractor comes out and you have other prints of these guys, you got free ways to make profits. A good way to exit out of that player who maybe doesn't have a sell marker or have upside and bang, now you have cash flow to reinvest in someone else that does have a lot of sell or does have a lot of upside and has a sell marker there. Yeah. One of the things we're going to work with people who sign up for our one-on-one -on -one strategist package is going to be like, how do we liquidate what you currently have that you don't want anymore and use that cash to help you make money moving forward flipping sports cards and 
what you just outlined is a great example of that. And I've often said on this show and on other people's shows that have interviewed me about what we do here, I've often said, like, I said Shadur Sanders is safer than Peyton Manning as a sports card investment. I said that on the chase. And and I and the reason I the reason I say that is because I can't tell you when to sell a Peyton Manning card. I can't tell you when that's going to go up. I can tell you when Shadur Sanders cards are going to go up. Thus, I can tell you when to buy them. So I'm not going to tell you when to, I'm not going to tell you to buy a Peyton Manning card because I don't know when it's going to go up. But these retrofractors are a bit of a game changer because now we know a date on the calendar when they're going to come out. And, and, and then when that happens, there's a date on the calendar as a selling marker, and then we can go buy them. And there's going to be limited upside. They're not, these retro, these plays that we're talking about on retrofractors are going to have limited upside. And that's what I like what you said, Connor, where it's like, it might not be going out and buying them to make money on the flip. It might just be simply aware of a selling marker for something that you already have that can help you move out of that and move into something else. So the most recent example I can think of that doesn't come very often that people have reached for since the last dance are documentaries. Like I think people after the last dance, they made a lot of reaches on Tiger Woods cards when his, his documentary came out and there were reaches on, I was guilty of reaching on magic Johnson cards when there's a flurry of magic Johnson shows and documentaries coming out. Now the bye bye Barry thing actually worked well we had a lot of audience members ask us uh, at the end of August, early September. They, I think that that's when they announced that Bye Bye Barry was going to air on November 21st. <laughs> and so it just so happened, like, that worked out. Like, Barry's low. He's got these cards. And then his like, he's like, he was on Sports Card Investor's top five cards a couple weeks ago, uh, right after, you know, Bye Bye Barry came out. So I think um, these retrofractors are, Another thing that are in the, the realm of the documentaries and the other things that may or may not spike a GOAT cards or a retired athlete Hall of Famer card, um, which I typically fade. And this, this kind of thing gets me back thinking about, can I be in the game? So uh, that's why I like it. Love it. Great work there, Paul. I think that was a, a very valuable segment to, to the audience. Real quick, I want to touch on a couple. Uh, we've had a lot of great debate. Uh, in the in the live chat throughout the show. I think we're going to hear from uh, our boy Duke, Denny, one-time Dodson to round things off. But before we do, I wanted to touch on a couple comments uh, from the show. So we talked early about developing focus. Uh, one Galaxy Germ says, focus makes so much sense to achieve profitability, but I have a constant itch for action. Yeah. Tips on when you are your own worst enemy. Before I get your feedback here, Paul, in terms of if you have any tips for one Galaxy Germ, Jewel Rich, I want to give a shout out to, I hope I pronounced that correctly, had an awesome response, in my opinion. They said, I practice not bidding. Load up your watch list, watch list of cards you like and spend an hour a day watching those auctions in and have the screen pulled up to place a bid, but do not bid. Basically, it's abstinence, essentially, is what you're doing here. Uh, and I love this response. Curious if you had any other feedback for one Galaxy Germ um, on how to uh, avoid temptations for placing too many bids. I like Joel Rich ones. <clears throat> I know that's Jeff Ulrich. I like Joel Rich ones uh, response there. That is a tactic that I have 
used for the last few years as well. Another tactic I've used is like the whole like journaling or, or keeping a diary about it. Like I'm the type of person that I love to write. I love to create content. So when I have like a, a card that I want to go buy that's out of my price range or just life circumstances dictate that I can't go buy that card. I shouldn't go buy that card. Um, abstaining from buying it is achieved through sort of journaling about it. Um, and so that can take, that can take uh, different forms for any of you. One Galaxy Germ, I know you have an IG account. It could be that you journal about it through your IG account. You know, you could take a photo of it and post it on IG and talk about, and I, this is what I'm doing. I, I, I want to buy this card right now. I'm not going to do it. Here's why I want to buy it. Here's why I shouldn't buy it. And I think, I think by doing that and, and a, a mix of what Ulrich's talking about with the watch list, you can give yourself the kudos in a different way. I think sometimes we buy cards because we want we want the action, but I think sometimes we buy cards because we want the recognition. We want we want to be able to say, "I bought this card. Here it is." But I think um, a lot of what we talk about on this show dictates that that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. So I like One Galaxy Germ's question a lot because I think we do need to practice not buying cards we need to fade cards here's one more tactic that's come up recently more and more people have said this and i've started to do this more it is simply to just set a max bid for what you would feel good paying for that card and be okay losing that card you know and it could be something as silly as i can only afford to buy this card for 50 bucks i know it's a 175 dollar card but i'm going to set a max bid of 50 bucks and I'm going to be in the action and I'm going to follow the auction. And if I win this card for 50 bucks, I'm going to pay the 50 bucks. This is not a shill bid. This is like a actual real bid. But I know it's not going to sell for 50 bucks. I know it's going to go for 175 or 200. Bid on it. But don't, but don't try to win it at all costs. I think that's my other, other word of advice there. Love it. One Galaxy Journal, thanks for the comment and for driving some good debate in the live chat. I uh, think that was some good stuff in there. Uh, I also want to touch out Joel Kaplan hopping in the live chat. PSA announced a $15 special. Yippee. Already getting some response from other listeners. So just heads up for anyone trying to get a submission in. PSA has announced a $15 special. And then um, one more thing real quick. Justin Stewart, I'm curious on your feedback here, Paul, as we, as we head into 2024. I guess we're in 2024 now. But as we look forward into 2024, he says, Broad question for later in the year. Do you think the card market will see a big spike this year as it's an election year? History seems to show the majority of markets spike during election years. Curious to see your thoughts here, Paul. Justin, thank you for the question. I hope so. I Let me say this. I don't. <laughs> let me say this. I've had zero. I follow nothing but sports cards. Like, I don't know what's happening in the world at all <laughs> other than what's happening with sports card pricing. That's it. And running my business here with Connor. That, that's what I know about. Um, I am dedicated 100% to my craft to the point where I don't even know that it is an election year. <laughs> that's a slight joke. But 
Point being, Justin, the reason I say that is not to poke fun at myself. It's to actually say, I'm not banking on it. <laughs> like I'm not, I haven't been doing all this that I've been doing for the last several years le leading up to an election year for a spike. I want everybody to know that. That's not, that's not why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I sure hope so. I mean, I think part of doing what we're doing is banking on the fact that there's going to be growth in the hobby, um, interest in the world in these as alternative assets. And if things, if external factors, like if external economic factors that are driven by it being an election year help us, great. That'd be awesome. We'll see what happens. I like, I like where your head's at. I like the positivity. Definitely. Same page there. Guys, if we didn't get to your question today, Paul might have a couple more he wants to touch on. But if we didn't, you literally have a free 30-day trial at your exposure for uh, unlimited advice. You can ask unlimited questions at nooffseason.com slash ask. Go sign up for a 30-day free trial. Get all your questions answered on the Overflow Show, where we will try to provide as much value for you guys as we possibly can. Um, Paul, anything else you wanted to add today? Yeah, I'm going to uh, give some props to a couple more <clears throat> comments in the live chat here. And um, Janelle Shu mentioned Arch Manning earlier. As an interesting one guy to buy right now, I could not agree more. Um, he's Janur Sanders light for me. Um, he's like, he's... He's right there with Shadur. The reason why he's light is because not because his prices are lighter. I think his, I think actually, so there's a couple of factors with arch that I want everybody to be aware of. I think one, his prices are super inflated still because of his, of his name. I mean, I know Shadur has a name too, but like the Manning name for a quarterback is just different, right? Cause he would be, the fourth quarterback in his family that would be potentially a top NFL draft pick. Um, so the hype around Arch has been massive for that reason. And because he was like a top two overall high school prospect, those factors together and the fact that he has, he's had investable cards from the get, which not many, not many players do. So because he, his first cards included like Panini Prism throwback burnt orange out of 49 autos and like and stuff like that from Panini. Like he didn't, there was no ramp up to investable arch cards like there are with other players. Like his pricing is is uh it's it's high. So it's hard to find a deal on arch. That's one thing to think about. Janelle, I agree. Now now through probably June, honestly, <clears throat> the next six months are probably Arch Manning buying season because we're probably going to be in a situation where he's going to be in the news cycle more from July 2024 and beyond than like by a massive amount than he will be in the next six months. So for that reason, I do think it's Arch Manning buying buying season the reason why he should do her light though is because Quinn Ewers could still be the starter next year like we don't know we don't know what Quinn Ewers is 
future holds, right? Connor, will you, will you calibrate me on that? Is it, is it possible that, that Arch Manning goes into his second season at Texas as a backup again? Yes. And something else to, yes, very possible. And something else to consider is that they've asked him recently about transferring in this scenario that he wasn't going to be the starter next year. He says, I have no, I have no idea of transferring. Apparently when he actually signed uh, and committed to Texas, he said, I'm, I'm comfortable not starting off the rip. I'm comfortable waiting a couple of years. So um, I actually like this as a further indicator because one, it's a reflection of character. Um, so typically I think we, when we're talking about building the right player, I think Arch actually fits a lot of the intangibles that we're looking for in guys like that. Um, so Yes, we could see another year of him not necessarily playing. Um, however, he's gonna get he's gonna get plenty of plenty of uh, of sell markers and sell points over his runway of, of college and leading up to the draft. Yeah, and so just to clarify, like Arch is he is a buy. The, the only the only problem is that like we kind of hit on this in this show is like we all we all only have so much money, you know, most of us like maybe 1% of us are excluded from this statement. Like we all only have so much money. And so when faced with the decision of how to spend my money, I'm choosing, I have arch. I've already invested all highly in arch. So I feel good about my allocation to arch in my portfolio with money that I have to spend because I, I don't have enough money to buy arch and Shadur. That's why Shadur is ranked higher. And I think that's probably a relevant statement to most of you who are faced with the decision of like, I only have so much to spend. Who do I spend it on? Another, another thing here, Connor, I wanted to hit on is kind of along the same lines. Justin Stewart talked about, he feels like football QBs have a higher risk. His injury is more likely than in baseball. True. However, my counterpoint to that is, from a sports card flipping for money standpoint, I like that there's a higher injury rate in football because what I do and what I encourage all of you to do with football cards is buy a top guy when they're injured and then sell when they return. And that is how you that's how you reverse engineer that problem to make to make money. Like, so in other words, I see risk and avoid the risk and then just reverse reverse engineer that. What's the reason why this guy's risky? If the reason why the guy's risky is because he's Henry Ruggs the third, I'm fading him, right? Dante Stallworth, you know, any any number of, of, of athletes who've who've messed up off the field. I'm fading him. If the reason why he's risky is because he he's a phenomenal athlete and just so happens to be injury prone, well, I might I might lean into that a little bit because it because just wait till after he gets injured. Joe Burrow, right? Now I'm just gonna sell Joe Burrow when he puts on a uniform again. So I'm not gonna wait for him to play and potentially get injured again. I'm just gonna sell when he puts the uniform on. Anyway, I just want to make that point. And then Brian Steeler714 says, um, He's waiting until after the Super Bowl. Then he's buying Mahomes and Burrow. That's it. That is narrowing your focus, my friend. I love it. I love it. He says maybe CJ Stroud, but Burrow is out and Mahomes ain't winning this year. Super low buying opportunity. Man, what a great way to bring that home. Um, 
M Pokey World in the house. Good to see M Pokey World. You know who that is. That's our guy Maddox Yost. What's up, Maddox? Good to see you. Um, definitely need to get together in 2024. Uh, Connor and I are going to Culture Collision uh, at the end of this month. So any of you in the audience who want to meet up with us at a card show or who will happen to be in Atlanta for Culture Collision at the end of this month, uh, hit us up, DM at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram, email me at paul at nooffseason.com. He's connor at nooffseason.com. Uh, a couple more housekeeping things just to reiterate here, Connor, before we wrap up and uh, play Duke Denny one time's Instagram reel to let everybody know what Graybo's got going on. Um, submit your sports card strategy show and tell submissions to Connor at nooffseason.com. That's C O N N E R at nooffseason.com. We've got two more spots in the sports card strategist one-on-one package Connor mentioned earlier on in the show. So email me at paul at nooffseason.com. I'll get you details on that. And uh, definitely let us know how we did in this show and stay tuned for our new shows coming up next week. New times, rather, 1 p.m. Eastern time live streams right here at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, Instagram at sports card strategy and X at no off season, uh, no off season card uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 PM Eastern time. Also tomorrow will be a special episode of the sports card strategy show and tell with Connor and I, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Connor, anything else you want to add before I play this video by Duke to any one time Dodson to uh, let our audience know about, something special that he's got going on. Uh, just that I'm pumped for 2024. Me and Paul got a ton of fantastic things planned. You guys are going to see a lot of familiar faces, a lot of new faces. Uh, looking forward to bringing the best possible content and value that we can to all of our listeners uh, and all of our family at nooffseason.com. So just excited, man. That's all I got. Great stuff. I'm excited as well. We hope all of you in the audience are excited. All right, before we hit the outro... Our guy duked any one time Dodson from Graybo's needs your help. Okay. He needs your help. I'm going to try to make sure this audio is working. And uh, after we hear from Denny one time, and this is a longer one. So uh, watch it and rewatch it. Cause he really needs your help. I'm going to hit the outro. Everybody have a great day. Denny, take it away. Folks, Denny here with Graybo's. Uh, we are going to enter Don't hear this him. challenge this month with oh i know why sorry guys here we go we're going to enter the fanatic live we, we want, want to start, start breaking on fanatic live and they're very selective on who they let in uh they're going to select 10 groups in january to join fanatic live we want to be one of those 10 if you like those a lot if you like us a little bit or you're just a nice person to help us out here's how you can help us out uh, number one, download the Fanatics Live app. Uh, number two, buy anything $20 and up and put in the promo code that's in the comments. If you do this, Fanatics Live will give you the $20 back so your purchase is free and you're just going to pay a couple of bucks for shipping. Um, if you're doing this, we want to reward you for doing this. So here's what we're going to do. First, after you make the purchase, DM us on Instagram, give us your name and your email. We're going to then send you a promo code that's good for our website. You can get 10% off anything on our website the whole year of 2024. Second, we're going to enter you into a drawing 
to win a $200 gift card to Graybo's. And finally, if we're one of the 10 groups selected to uh, get on Fanatics Live, we're going to have a lot of people to thank. And so we're going to run a free case break on Fanatics Live on our first night, including, but not limited to, a box of National Treasures football. The break will be at least a $5,000 break, and we're going to pull 32 names of the folks who helped us who, who are going to get free spots in this break. If you buy a spot with this $20 promo code, make sure you buy it out of a, a breaker's shop and not can't be an auction. If you buy an auction spot, it won't give you the opportunity to put in the promo code. So go to Fanatics Live, use the promo code to buy something for 20 bucks or more, shoot us your name and email and Instagram, and we're going to give you all three of those things that we just mentioned below. If you have any comments or questions, let us know. Thanks in advance for helping us. This is massive for Graybos. So Fitz is very thankful. Say hi, Fitz. Hi. Can you see the appreciation on Fitz's face? Gray's very thankful as well. And Colin Seto just won't shut up about your generosity. So we love you. Thank you. Giblets. Hey, folks. Thanks Danny so here much for with being Bows. here with us uh, on we the Sports are going to enter this challenge. Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at sportscardstrategy and on X at nooffseasoncard. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at nooffseason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.